In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is traditionally known as Good Shepherd Sunday due to the beautiful gospel that the Holy Church places on our before our eyes in today's sacred liturgy. Traditionally today, the Church encourages priests to preach on and to pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood. And therefore, I'd like in this homily, which will be short, to simply point out a few aspects of the gospel which are pertinent to supporting one's priests and to um, cultivating vocations. Our Lord Jesus Christ alone is the high priest of the new and eternal covenant. He instituted a priesthood, however, of the new covenant, which is um, essentially different from the priesthood of the old law, the priesthood of the lineage of the tribe of Levi, which was Aaron's priesthood. That priesthood offered up many various sacrifices in the temple, which prefigured the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Various calves and bullocks and doves, etc., were killed each um, year in various cycles to satisfy for the sins of the people, and their blood was sprinkled upon the altar and upon the people and in the temple. In the New Covenant, Jesus Christ fulfills the uh, veiled image of what took place under these signs in the Old Testament, and he instituted a new priesthood, which is according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a mysterious king and high priest who came out to offer a sacrifice of bread and wine to God after Abraham's victory over several kings he defeated in his own day. Melchizedek's offering up of bread and wine prefigures the one unique only sacrifice of the new law, which is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which is identical with the sacrifice of the cross, only the manner in which it is offered differs. On the cross, Christ offered himself in a bloody manner, and on our altars, Christ offers himself through the priest, his body and blood, in an unbloody manner thus renewing and representing across time and space the one unique sacrifice of the new and eternal covenant, the sacrifice of the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Christ has chosen certain fragile men to participate in his priesthood, and they serve as his ministers, as his instruments, in such a way that they are intimately united to Jesus Christ. A man on the day of his ordination lies prostrate before the high altar where the bishop, the pontiff, prays the litany of the saints surrounded by all of the clergy and the people, interceding for the priest or the future priest who quite literally lays down his life. This is why he lays flat on the floor of the church, because it, it shows what is taking place. He literally lays flat in order to show forth the fact that he is laying down his life for the flock of Christ. When he is raised up again, he will have the hands of the bishop imposed on his head, thus rendering him conformed to Christ, priest, and victim for eternity. The priest is not his own. He lays down his life so that others may live. He gives up the possibility of having a family. He gives up his home. He gives up freedom in many ways. He gives up, in a large way, 
financial security because who knows what the future brings as a priest. And he does all this in order to save your soul. A priest is not a priest for himself. He does not primarily become a priest in order to save his own soul, but rather to lay down his life for the flock of Jesus Christ. Each and every priest does this. Whether he be a good priest or a bad priest, each and every priest has, at one point, laid down his life so that others may live. Even if his motivations are bad, Jesus Christ configures this priest's soul to his own soul ontologically, meaning in its very being. The soul is marked with an indelible mark that can never be removed for all eternity, which marks it and conforms it to Christ as a priest. Even if a bad priest is lost and damned to eternal hell, he will forever bear the mark of the priesthood of Christ on his soul. Not even laicization or defrocking or any of these words, these terms, they only mean removal from the privileges of being and acting as a cleric, but not the priesthood, which can never be removed from the soul. And so when a priest, whether he be good or evil, acts in his capacity as a priest, he acts in the person of Christ, the head of the church. He acts as Christ, the bridegroom, in relation to his bride, who is the church. Or to put it in terms of today's gospel, he acts as Christ, the shepherd, on behalf of his flock. And even if he be a vile, wicked priest, it is Christ who acts through him. It is Christ who heals through him and applies his precious blood to his flock through him. So this should cause us immense gratitude because Christ could have chosen to remain on earth till the end of time and have ordained that all men should go to Jerusalem to see him there if they needed to be healed of their sins or in order to receive his sacred body and blood. But Christ loved us so much that he instituted a priesthood which would propagate and multiply his presence throughout the world until the end of time. The priest acting in the person of Christ is doing exactly that which Jesus Christ did when he walked the earth. And Christ himself foretold this, for he said, The works that I do they shall do, and greater works than these shall they do, because I go to my Father. Because Jesus Christ ascended to his Father, he had to institute a priesthood that would continue the essential of his work. The essential of the work of Christ was not feeding the poor and the hungry or healing bodies, but rather it was feeding souls and healing souls of their spiritual ailments. It was spiritual resurrection by confession, by baptism, by the infusion of the divine life of God, which is sanctifying grace into our souls. And each and every priest each and every priest, no matter how wicked or how mediocre, how poorly he uses his priesthood, does this same work of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to consider the person of the priest because it is the person of Christ that is important when the priest acts. So we should be grateful to God for this gift and we should pray for our priests because the priesthood is indeed a very onerous, a very heavy burden to bear. It's something that many often don't understand unless you've experienced it 
from the perspective of a priest. Today, especially, the priesthood is a burden. It's a great and heavy cross. And we should strive to help our pastors to carry that cross well, to pray for them, to encourage them to live according to the sublime vocation they have received. Rather than judging them in our hearts, we should pray for them when we see their weaknesses. We should ask God to have mercy on our priests, to raise them up to greater heights of sanctity, to the sanctity which he wishes for them. For there is no human being on this planet who is closer to Jesus Christ than are his priests. They alone can say with Christ in the first person, this is my body, this is my blood. They alone can say, ego te absolvo, I absolve you of your sins. They don't say Christ absolves you. They don't say Jesus heals you. They say I absolve you. That's how intimately united the priest is with Jesus Christ, the high priest. In order to promote vocations, parents should take to heart to instill in their children a sense of awe and reverence for that which is sacred and a great sense of the sacrifice that priests make. Analogous to soldiers and to police officers and to firemen, priests truly give their lives so that others may live. It, it's in a spiritual sense, sometimes also a physical sense, but the priest truly does lay down his life, like a soldier does, for the greater good of the world, of the church, and of souls. And today, in our very egoist and self-centered society, many of the youth have forgotten the beauty of self-sacrificing love, which is the highest and most pure and sublime form of love. The priest is called to a higher love than even married people are. Chastity, priestly celibacy, is not a privation, but it is a, an elevation to a supernatural plane of the role of love as a groom to the church and as a father to souls. The priest belongs to no one in order that the priest may belong to all more fully and entirely. The priest can be equally claimed by all of his spiritual children because he doesn't have any natural children. The priest may be claimed by Holy Mother Church because the priest does not belong to any other woman but her. The Blessed Mother sees in the priest her own son, and therefore she loves the priest with a great predilection. If we remind children of the, these truths, they will be inspired to wish to sacrifice themselves for something nobler and greater than purely natural fulfillment or natural satisfaction. If we denigrate and um, revile priests behind their backs, criticize them and speak ill of them, constantly cr critiquing them, we will not instill a sense of respect and reverence for the supernatural reality that is the priesthood, but rather we will debase that in the minds of the children who hear it, thus giving scandal. So we shouldn't do this. If there's something that needs to be said, it should be said with great reverence and respect for the priesthood. The priest is truly the anointed one of God, and St. Paul himself refused to speak ill of God's anointed when he spoke to the high priest. 
He didn't realize that he was the high priest of the temple, and when he was told this, he was silent, so as not to revile God's anointed one, God's representative. It is sometimes necessary to point out certain scandalous behavior in the clergy, and this is very regrettable, and there, this does exist, and this is necessary, but it shouldn't be done in an excessive spirit or in a spirit of mockery, bitterness, um, a lack of charity. It should always be done for the good of the priest, for the good of the soul who we're speaking with. If they're confused, they need counsel. That's a justifying reason to speak sometimes about scandals. But we shouldn't make them worse by harping on them and focusing on them to the detriment and the neglect of the great mystery that God has given, the great gift he has given us of the holy priesthood. So let us encourage the youth to lay down their lives if God is calling them. Let us pray for holy priests, for God gives us the priests we deserve. So if we are not happy with our clergy, let us look in the mirror and ask ourselves, have we deserved a better clergy? If we wish for better bishops, for better leaders, let us ask ourselves, have we merited it? For it is a great punishment indeed to be sent wicked pastors. It is a form of abuse that is even graver than this terrible and evil grave abuse that we've seen in the last 30 years. But an even worse type of abuse has been, taken place, that of spiritual abuse. The abuse, every soul is a child in God's eyes. And when the priest preaches error, when the priest does not hear confessions, when the priest lives selfishly, when he doesn't sanctify himself as he should, he is in some way committing a form of spiritual child abuse, which far exceeds the abuse that we see in the newspaper, and that is indeed very grave abuse. But as a priest, we are confided the greatest power in the universe. The hand of the priest alone can unbind the eternal chains of sin, which would otherwise drag us down to hell to share in that terrible inferno with Lucifer and his fallen angels forever. And with the word of the priest and the sign of the cross with his sacred hand, we are loosed from those bonds. Even if the priest himself is the most vile person in the world, even if he has lost the faith, with one word from his sacred mouth and one motion of his sacred hand, we are loosed for eternity from the bonds of our sins. He gives us spiritual life that we had forfeited. So we should even, for bad priests, have a sense of gratitude for what they do for us and not just see them as dispensing vending machines, but pray for their conversion. Pray that Christ would call them back to his grace and enlighten their hearts and eyes. So on this Good Shepherd Sunday, let us ask our eternal High Priest, Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd of our souls, to raise up many holy priests to tend his flock, so that we may all come one day to the heavenly pastures of heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.